And the only thing worse than zombies. First of all, let me say that anybody that knows me knows I love zombie movies. And that's because I'm terrified of zombies. Because it's not like it's a serial killer where there's a chance of survival. It's like... It's, it's a different level. These are uh, people that used to be people that are now undead that are trying to eat you alive. And one thing worse than zombies, you know, people trying to eat you alive are zombies, people that are trying to eat you alive, that run, that talk, that are trying to eat your brains. They don't even they just want one thing. They're literally after you for one thing. And that's it. And they got to go through just, just the whole the process thinking about it is messed up, man. And I'm, of course, saying that to say that I'm about to do some commentary for y'all full length, John, for the classic. It, it, I feel like it was a cult classic, but it, it should very well, damn well be um a universal classic at this point. I'm talking about The Return of the Living Dead. 1985, this baby came out. Top five, uh, not even hard, top five zombie movies ever made of all time. Shout out, rest in peace, shout out to Dan O'Bannon. He wrote and directed this movie. Um, what am I doing, people? Of course you know it's Romero Tudor. Y'all should know this by now, man. If you're tuning in listening to this, you already know it's Romero Tudor. And I couldn't wait to say that at some point in my life, you already know who it is, you know, because I, uh, hopefully is out people out there listening that know who it is. And of course, it's another episode of Tudor Reviews. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pump these out, man. I, I owe y'all for the people that are supporting this, um, you know, this podcast, man. I really appreciate the love, man. Uh, if I could just take a second out to just, <laughs> to just get a little emotional, man. I really appreciate the love and support y'all showing the views, even though it's a, sm- it's a, it's a, it seems like a small platform, but it's 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 way bigger than I could even have ever imagined. And I really genuinely love each and every one one of my supporters, man. It means so much. And I'm trying to crank these episodes out for anybody that's interested, anybody that's listening um, as 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 fast as I can, man. I'm trying to do these as fast as I can. Um, like I said in a couple episodes ago schedules a little different uh time conflicting type of things but people are still listening man for some reason and it's and it's i feel like it'll pick up eventually and again i appreciate it man i really do now back to these corpses um dan o'bannon i think this was i can't remember if this was before or after day of the dead because day of the dead came out the same year i think and Dan O'Bannon just wanted to do this is a spoof, man. This is one of the one of the funniest horror comedies I've ever seen in my life, whether I'm sober, whether I'm drunk, whether I'm smoking something. It doesn't matter. This movie is funny. Now, I, while I might not laugh out loud at a lot of things, it's probably because I watch this movie very often, but it's still funny as hell. And, you know, like I said, rest in peace. Shout out to Dan O'Bannon for making this a comedy now even though it is a comedy there are parts that are scary this movie has one of the scariest zombies i've ever seen in my life my i'm scared of this zombie my daughter's scared of the zombie but somehow we're still so fascinated by it and we'll talk about it 
when we get to that point. Actually, I'm going to just cut to the chase, people. I'm not even going to waste any more time. I'm going to press play on this DVD. I'm actually, I should have watched the widescreen version. I'm actually watching the full screen, which makes more sense. It's a smaller TV, so I want to be able to get as much as I can. Shout out to MGM. Here's a little fun fact. I was the only person in eighth grade that knew what MGM stood for when we were having a Halloween quiz. And I think I won. That made the team win. So shout out to me real quick. Even the intro is scary for me to music. We got the You Need a Medical Supply Warehouse. Now we got Clue Gulliger. God damn it, man. This cast, people. Like, people, if I nerd out over this cast, y'all really have to forgive me, man. I really might need a change of, uh, a change of draws because this cat, this is one of the best casts in the world. You got Clue Gulliger as Bert, boss man, owns the warehouse. You got James Karen as Frank and Tom Matthews as Freddie. Now these two, I'm pretty sure these two spent a lot of time together, man, because they have some of the best chemistry in this entire movie. Now, if I could say something real quick before this movie uh, kicks in the gear. Um, even though this is a classic, this is near and dear to my heart. Like I said, top five zombie movies ever made. I do want a remake of this. Because I want people to remember that this was the first movie where we saw zombies run, where we saw zombies talk. I, I need this. I'm not going to say who I want to remake it because people are going to get pissed off at me. I'm not going to say I want Rob Zombie to remake Return of the Living Dead. I'm not, I'm not going to say that because people are going to be mad at me. I really hope I didn't lose any listeners when I said that. I said it early on, people. I said it early on so I can get it out the way. Damn. No kidding. How come? How the hell do I know? How come? The important question is, where do they get all the skeletons with perfect teeth? I'm going to ask you a serious question. How many people you know die with a beautiful, perfect set of choppers in their puss, huh? Nobody has seen Yeah. No, I think that there's a skeleton farm over in India. <laughs> Come on, kid. <laughs> this, this thing about Frank, man, he just has no chill button at all. But I would I would love to work under the wing of somebody like him. Because he's like, he's, uh, he's comedic, he's informative, he's stern. He's a balance of um, all the things you need being trained in a place like this, a medical warehouse. Split dogs and cadavers and shit. Well, you know, you don't want to be overstocked. 
like the rest of the business, you know, once you're in the Always thought it was so <clears throat> strange that they are hanging that cadaver by its ears. There are hooks inside of that thing's ears, and it's strange. Now we get the best group of uh, punk rock badass misfit teens ever, 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 ever. You got Miguel A. Nunez playing Spider, Linnea Quigley playing Trash, Beverly Randolph playing um, Tina, Brian Peck playing Scuzz, John Fiblin playing Chuck, and Jewel Shepard playing Casey. Now, people, if you heard how I just mapped this squad out, you can tell how much I fucking love these uh these kids in this movie man i love them they all have a different look i've never seen um a motley crew bunch of misfit teens like this in any movie ever in my life i love every single one of those characters and rest in peace shout out to mark venturini he's a part of their crew too but he comes along later he's the one that he's the one that has the car and that's so realistic that Mark Venturini's character's name is Suicide, and he is the one, we all had, when we were younger, we had that one friend who had the car, and he was the way we got around, and he's got a line where he's like, how come you guys only come around when you need a ride someplace? I love it. Now, this is when they're talking about Night of the Living Dead. I don't know if I'm tripping right now, but it looks like it's a picture of Bert's wife on that desk with a towel on. I don't know if it's his wife, but there's a woman. There's a picture of a woman. I Never mind. <laughs> This scene is everything because they're basically saying <clears throat> they're basically saying George A. Romero based Night of the Living Dead off of a true story. And he got he he he, he was threatened to be sued. So he changed around what happened. And apparently. Um, Frank knows, you know, apparently Frank has this information and he just scared the shit out of Freddie. But he just he creeped them out real quick. I love this scene because he's he's really like I said, he's informative. He's giving them all this information. It's his first day there. I kind of would have been like on edge. I'd have been like, listen, man, I like I just want to do my eight and skate. They were like two kids, man. You want to see a dead body? Hey, mind the third step. It's a bitch. 
I love that part because that third step he was talking about that played a big part in something that happens later on in the movie. Good continuity right there, yo. Here we got we we see the first um glimpse of the trioxin barrels. I always love the structure of these things, man. They shape so I don't know, they just always stuck with me. I always wanted one. Minus the zombie outbreak and the chemical leaks and all that. Tar Man before he was Tar Man. I love how they the idea of them stuffing, shipping away these bodies from the Night Living Dead movie in these canisters. I love it. Or not movie, but the events that supposedly really happened. Boom. And once again, this song. Now, apparently, they said that um, when that gas squirted out, they said it really stunk up the set something awful. And that just goes to make for uh, good shit. Hmm. Just the title sequence, the way the title looks, the Tar Man melting, the music, the music, man. This music, this is probably one of the best horror themes of all time. And Quiet is Kept, like when I was like heavy, 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 heavy into music, I actually wanted to write to this, like write some rhymes to it. And I love that the camera is following all of these different, um, uh, you know, outlets and pipes that the the, the uh, trioxin gas is going through. And you see one of the one of the places it traveled to was inside that the uh, cold room where the cadaver is at. This always creeped me out, man. The fact that this this cadaver came to life of uh, uh, because of this trioxin gas. And the fact that it's it's coming back to life and it looks like it's struggling to get out of this plastic, man. It's just there are things in this movie for it to be a comedy that just creep me out to this day. Anybody who doesn't adore that theme song, I want to know what the hell's wrong with you. This whole this whole movie score actually is all that. Apparently the colonel's loaded. His crib is off the chain. And he's got two G.I. Joe at the front gate. <laughs> and his wife listens to the traditional, uh, you know, that, that song, that fancy song they play in every movie. That was a dick move, though. 
His wife been slaving all day while he was he was at work. She's making lamb chops and he's just like I had him for lunch. Fucking asshole. I don't care what position of authority you in, what branch it. I don't give a fuck what job you have. That doesn't give you a right to be an asshole to your wife. Sick of this shit. But see what I'm saying? He's an asshole to his wife. Now I get it. He's under a lot of fucking pressure now. I would be under a lot of pressure too if I had just lost several canisters of um uh two was it two fourteen trioxin? Yeah, I'd be pissed too. So I mean I feel his pain. Now here we go. Mark Venturini driving the car playing a uh, suicide. And I like how Miguel Miguel Nunez is in the back just getting shit faced. Got the bo- taking a bottle to the neck. <laughs> like they're all just doing shit. Uh, Brian Peck is reading Weird Trips. Weird Trips magazine. <laughs> Suicide tried to. Ch- he was choking a spider while Tina was holding the wheel. I love these fucking these, these teenagers in this movie, man. And they all got their own original look. Like, you don't get this type of shit anymore. You get cardboard cutout teenagers or victims, period, that you don't give a shit about. I genuinely loved every single one of these characters. I mean... I love them to a fault because this... I'm the one that's going to sit in the car. That's me. If anybody out there knows, I'm not going in anybody's cemetery to party. I don't give a shit how much liquor we got, whatever. My ass is going to sit in the car, fiddle on my phone for a little bit. Shit, I would have. I, I want to say I would be the one that uh would just walk down and go see a Freddy you know, go see what he was doing and hang out with him for a little while, but I would have had to deal with that cadaver and then split dogs and all that shit that came back to life in the warehouse. It's a lose-lose either way. It really is. Now, this cemetery, this this was a set. And you could actually see people before he hit that radio and they were showing the kids walking in. You could see people walking in the background if you look close enough yeah it was a set it looked good though it looks like an old dirty uh, cemetery almost abandoned They make it, I mean, it's, it's, 
kind of over the top, but they make it believable because you can only imagine what that gas smells like or what it smelled like when it when it um leaked out of that canister and hit him in the face. how i like this is just a this is every spring for me like the first sign of pollen i'm just like i'm all over the fucking place looking just like them i'm I'm pale bags under my eyes before they swell up all the way perspiration and shit or this is me like every seasonal you know like when the weather changes for the seasons This is weird. Ugh. Now my thing is, they didn't know that was a split dog, and he said, "What's wrong with them?" and t- and turned them over. <laughs> that is d- disturbing, though, man. Like I was about to call it strange, but it is split dog is alive. Not a cadaver's alive. Now, what's funny is there's like an eye exam chart in this office right here, and I never knew that it says Bert is a slave driver. And what does it say after that? Bert is a slave driver and a cheap son of a bitch or something like that. And I used to hate those fucking eye exams because the first letters are all big and then they tell you to keep reading to the last line. And I'm like, man, I ain't got nothing for you after the line, the fourth line. I needed glasses badly as a kid by the way i still do i just try to be cool without them and i suffer for it afterwards Bert, Frank. it's just a little mini life story <sighs> now here we get this was like this gave me uh i think i hit puberty when i saw this as a kid linnea quigley striptease scene Die. Try not to think about dying too much. Mm. Me. The worst way. 
to beat a bunch of old men to get around me and start fighting and eating me alive. I see. <laughs> First, he into it now. It's a dope ass song she danced to too. I think it's called SS it's from by SSQ. Make love till we die. Now the crazy thing about this scene, right? Um, Dan O'Bannon and Bill Stout did the commentary originally, and they said the producer walked on the set during the scene and freaked the fuck out because he's like, listen, you can't have full frontal on here. So they had to make her <coughs> they had to make her a prosthetic crotch, you know, like um <laughs> uh just a smooth clean mannequin prosthetic crotch they had to put on her because the producer was like, listen, you can't have her pussy out and open like that. I mean I don't I mean I guess it was that producer's prerogative but you know, you had full frontal in movies before this. But, I don't know. Didn't really make or break the movie. She's still naked. Now, this is one of the best sequences in the movie. I, I can only imagine what the audience was going through during this scene. Because these three together is just gold. And the fact that shit's already hitting the fan and they had to call up boss man and let him know what's going on and he's freaking out about it. I love it. They're all on edge though. They don't know what to do. Thing about this movie, it was really meta. It really was. And they used the word zombies. Crazy. It's gonna be all right, son. I'm trying to take charge. I mean, that's why they called him, though. Bert was, uh, you know, he could. He could take charge, man. The alpha male. I won't lie. If he told me to hold that pickaxe and, and, and hit it in the head when it came out, the cadaver, I don't know. I got to have a mean swing to pull that off. You can see the shit runs right past him. As y'all can see, this is the second naked person we've gotten in this movie so far. Shit was always weird, man. I always wondered why he was yellow. Mm. This, I wonder what the reaction was when people first saw this. Because he hit him square in the back of his head, through his skull, into his brain. He, he And now he's like, I hit the fucking brain. It's like, I wonder what the reaction was. Because people were probably like, wait, aren't they supposed to die? This shit set rules, man. I love this movie. It set rules. Oh, 
All right, that um. Now while Bill Stout that he did the you know the uh, the designs and the effects and shit. Now while he's while he's disappointed at the skull the skeleton that comes out of the grave during the uh, rain scene when the zombies come back to life. This was one of the worst effects. The headless cadaver, like you can see, is shiny rubbery. It just looks fake as fuck. But it's 1985. What are you gonna do, man? They had decent effects otherwise. <laughs> they have no idea what to do, and I love it. The idea that the only way to stop these zombies was to burn them actually inspired a zombie story that I wrote, <clears throat> a script I wrote <clears throat> a few years back. Damn, a minute ago, I want to say it was between 06 and 08. I had typed this script up and. It was in, this movie was inspiring in the sense that you can't kill what's already dead. <clears throat> so the zombies I had in my script, um, I think it was called the Dead Rise, the Dead Walk, one or the other. I think it was a trilogy of, of uh, movies I was going to do: the Dead, the Dead Rise, the Dead Walk, and the Dead End, or something like that. But the zombies couldn't no shot to the head, no severed head, no nothing. You gotta burn them sons of bitches, which I think is really plausible, though. You know, if you, do, I mean, you can honestly, you can do people out there, you can do whatever you want with zombie movies, unless you're following the George A. Romero template. But you can do whatever you want. I have versions of zombie scripts I wrote where I follow the George A. Romero template. I follow this template, but I prefer that you can't kill what's already dead because it gives people. You know, it gives them a new sense of urgency. Like, if you're using household items to defend yourself, no guns or no nothing, how are you going to burn all of these zombies? Which is a question they ask later on in this movie. Now, this scene, Trash is ass naked, rubbing on suicides, whole ding ding in the cemetery, and he's just talking about how he's misunderstood. They are just not in agreement right now. She wants to fuck him right there, and he's about to just toss her. Like, get off. <laughs> he just tossed her like she was nothing. These characters, I love it. These characters had layers. Nope, that is not Freddy. How would you know? Because why would Freddy be going into a mortuary? Chuck was always uh, walking up on Casey, man. One thing I liked about his character, he 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 had the hots for her, and she wouldn't give him the time of day. Now we got Don Kaufa, man, who I think is no longer with us. Rest in peace. I'm almost certain he passed away. Don Kaufa, man, he's a cinematic royalty. If anybody doesn't know who I'm talking about, um. If anybody out there listening is a fan of Weekend at Bernie's, he was the guy who came in with the gun and was like, Kurumuta. That's the only that's the only line I remember from Don Kalfa in a Weekend at Bernie's, the first one. He was like the assassin guy that came in. 
And I think he's German. And well, he was German in real life because he has a German reference in this movie. And as you can see, he don't play no games. He he got his headphones in. Bert tapped him, and uh, he pulled the burner right out on him. It felt bad though. That was that's his best friend. I love that they're best friends in the movie too. cup of coffee that reminds me i don't want to leave you guys though man if anybody's out there listening i'm i appreciate it i don't want to leave you guys but i really do need coffee it's currently 9 16 p.m right now on my side of town and I actually have a cup of coffee upstairs so what i'm going to do is i'm going to be considerate and i'm going to let people know that I will be back in less than less than 60 seconds to go run and get my cup of coffee, people. So, for those hopefully less than 60 seconds, I'm going to turn this up a little bit so people can hear the dialogue. And I will hurry right back. Hopefully, that was uh, less than 60 seconds. I don't know. Might have been. But I did hurry back, just for y'all. And if it was over 60 seconds, anybody that's actually counting down, please ease up off my back. It's another creepy scene. You, he, he walks into the crematorium. Or uh, not even the crematorium, the, the mortuary in general. And he's got a slab full of plastic bags that are just squirming around. And I, I agree with Ernie 100%. Call an animal shelter. Like, I, you know, I don't know what to do here. Can't help you. Take him to the pound. I love that they they all get each other into bullshit and it's like they all are such good friends and they're so tight knit that it's just like all right man you owe me you owe me big time for this shit and I got friends like that that could come to like if I owned an establishment that could come there and if if I own it it's just me no employees in there no nothing and they could come to me and need a favor like I mean this is this is insane bringing body parts into the building but it's like I, I know friends like that where we can only count on each other for certain things, man. And y'all know who y'all are if y'all listening. Shout out. 
big shout out. That's real ride or die shit. This is real ride or die shit. And honestly, uh, Bert would have had to probably hand me a fair one. You, you, you tell me it's not weasels in the bag, and then you finally open up the bag, and it's a severed arm. An arm, first of all, it tears my pants, but it's a severed arm. That's alive. Nah. Yeah. I hate to say it, man, but Casey, like, as far as Casey, like, don't be such a bitch, man. Damn. And I don't say it to call her out her name. I say it like, just like, it's like the female version of being an asshole, basically. Not only does she keep giving uh, Chuck the third degree, but she's just compl always complaining about shit. My sentiments exactly. Cause suicide didn't even do anything. He was minding his business, walking by, and she's like, "Oh, hey, here's your friend of mine." It's like, "Fuck out of here." I do love. I love the dynamic that spider and uh and I just just swear to God, just now I realized his belt buckle was a spider. I um I love the dynamic Spider and Tina have because they seem to be best friends also on the low. I mean they're all friends, but it's it's really levels like I, and I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but th like this being one of my favorite movies, I pay attention to character interaction. I mean I do that with movies in general, but this is something different. And Spider has this overprotective thing with Tina as the movie goes on. You know, he, he carries her out of the church. Like, he, he cradles her and carries her out of the church when Freddy turns into a zombie. <coughs> Spoiler alert. I mean, if you haven't seen Return of the Living Dead by now, I really don't give a shit about spoiler alert. Because you should have seen it already. That was pretty inconsiderate of me to say. Precipitously and cutting up. exactly something i say like you know how i see it this this is pretty big man you know this ain't something small you know you got body parts in my my establishment so but i love it he you know he he, he just uh he where the the parts of his pants that the severed hand tore off he just tears it off and apparently this was uh this was all uh ad lib this wasn't in the script he just tore it off with some scissors and he doesn't tell him what he what he wants and Let's take care of your problem. There you have it. Let's take care of your problem. He doesn't say what he wants, no nothing. Let's take care of it. That's a real day one right there. Yes, sir. 
You're gonna owe me a big one. Tomorrow morning you go get rid of everything for nothing left. Is that right? Everything will go. What? What about your bones? Bones are no problem. The hardest thing to burn is the heart. Heart? Why? Because it's just one big tough muscle. Yeah, we're learning. I mean, come on, we don't we don't want the heart sticking around. I think that's really interesting what he said and I want to know how much fact is, is in that I'm pretty sure that this script was written with enough medical savvy but he said the hardest thing to burn is the heart because it's just one tough muscle or I don't know if he said one tough monster but tough was in there now that scene was actually shot later um Cause they had to have something they had to have some type of setup where um frank said something about the crematorium something like that it had to be some type of setup where frank made a mention of crematorium and he says you know i can operate that goddamn thing and he really ends up operating it to kill himself good uh, it was good foreshadowing right there i love it That's a dope ass shot with the uh, trioxin smoke coming out of the chimney. And honestly, they would have been good had they. I mean, nah, Frank and Freddy were still turning into zombies. But this is actually what set off the chain reaction because they burned the chopped up cadaver and the trioxin smoke that was inside of it comes out the chimney, goes up into the atmosphere, into the sky, and here we get acid rain that leaks into the soil and it makes the you know it brings the the zombies back i love that red la skyline right there well it is la skyline but it's supposed to be kentucky have any windows I busted them so realistic though now this is supposed to be acid rain it's burning their skin and trash is just completely ass naked so you gotta feel her pain we get the theme again love it I love that weeping angel too, that uh weeping angel statue. Look at it. It's coming down like I'm turning in the sort of I wonder if when they were making this movie, like just the way this movie plays out, man, and I I, I got so much nostalgia with this hair, and I, I just wonder if when <clears throat> when they were making it. And even when they saw the finished product, if they knew that the if they knew the magic that they had on their hands, man, and the impact this would have. 
This is the reason we can have things like Idle Hands, Shaun of the Dead, Cooties, you know, like zombie comics, uh, horror comedies that involve zombies. Damn, that's a good one to do a commentary to, Idle Hands. I don't know if a lot of people know about that one. Now here you see um, Frank and Freddy are really starting to look sick to the point where they look weak. Freddy's actually about to say he's weak. But they look it. They look nauseous. They really did a good job looking sick. This is how I feel when I vape. Like, seriously, man. I got a cousin. Like, seriously, man. Shout out to, um... Shout out to my cousin, man, Montana Magnums. Um, he vapes, man, like it's no tomorrow. And I remember one time, um, we finished getting some work done, so he let me get a drink and he let me hit his vape. And he said it was like some type of uh, gorilla glue, blueberry shit. I don't know. It was a mixture of some type of. Um, you know some type of uh, THC oils and this is probably the equivalent to it because I was super fucked up and I feel like uh, what Frank said it's like that stuff it's that goddamn stuff we breathed because I know I was done for you know that's crazy because they said the trioxin in this movie was to spray on marijuana so I wonder if like like what if somebody smoked it? Like, what if people were vaping trioxin? Oh, Lord, that just gave me PTSD because they actually did turn trioxin into a drug in Return of the Living Dead 5. Now, if anybody hasn't seen Return of the Living Dead 5, yes, there's a fifth one, which is the last one. Thank God. And I will never, ever do a commentary for that piece of shit ever. It'll probably be in worst zombie movies I've ever seen in my life, but... Completely disrespectful to the property. They really did turn tri trioxin into pill form, and it was a uh, it was the subtitle actually it was a uh, Return of the Living Dead five rave from the grave. I am not bullshitting people. One of the worst goddamn movies I've ever seen in my life. Now, man, not that I have a problem with it, but Linnea Quigley is naked or topless. She's completely naked or topless in every fucking movie I've ever seen her in. This, Night of the Demons, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Pumpkinhead 2. She is naked in everything. And she's completely comfortable with it, man. Shout out to Linnea Quigley, man. She's a, She is amazing. She even played one of the... Um, the souls in the chest of Freddy on Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master. 
and I think it was because she showed her tits. She was naked inside the chest of souls. Talk about a team player, man. It's crazy how there's actually slime uh, tar on the wall if you look close enough and you can see the handprint on the trioxin thing the lid now this is the zombie i was talking about one of the greatest zombies to ever grace cinema the tar man played by alan trutman this shit is beyond insane dolly zoom they did the dolly zoom on her Now, before I talk about Tar Man, I remember I, I think it was November 30th when they announced Paul Walker passed away. That was the day I learned how to do the dolly zoom on uh, my little handheld camera, people. As a movie buff, it's something I was really proud of. And it's really simple, though. Anybody out there that, that never did a dolly zoom on a camera before or wanted to know, it's really just, you're really just, um, you're zooming in you're backing up while you're zooming in or you're zooming in while you're backing up uh i think it's one or the other i can't remember it's been a while since i've done it it's a neat little uh camera trick though man all the best movies have dolly zooms but tar man yo this is a zombie that <clears throat> this is the first zombie we see that is smart he's gonna turn this crank to get Tina out of this uh this closet she locked herself in but Tarman yo like they they hired Alan Trutman was a mime he they, he they said they wanted a skinny mime to play this zombie so that the makeup could go over his body and he could still look like a skeleton and it's supposed to look like his flesh had melted and it like made it look like tar but he is one of the scariest zombies I have ever seen in my life man I like how Spider put his hand up for nobody else to go ahead of him in suicide. For very good reason. Ugh. Bit right into that man's skull. Now something me and one of my cousins talk about is the fact that <clears throat> it's really disturbing that when he's eating suicide's brains, when suicide actually falls after the first bite, as he's eating his brain, suicide is on the ground convulsing. little little touches they put in this movie that that work and like i said for this to be a horror comedy there are parts that creep me out now the ambulance are here and frank and freddie are really that rigor mortis is really setting in for them they're shaking they're pale they're stiff I won't even say pale. They're all types of different colors. Shit. The paramedic was irked. The one paramedic that said, can you find out your friend's lives may depend on it. 
when Bert said he can't make calls until morning, he just looked at him. Like, He's like, all right, man, if they die. I can't hear anything too much. Well, are you sure it's the equipment? What do you mean? Well, I'm not getting anything on this either. What do you mean? What's wrong? What's wrong? It's all right. We just need to double check. That must be crazy to find out you're dead. Like, no blood pressure, no pulse. What do you mean, no blood pressure, no pulse? Damn, these niggas died and didn't even know it. That's the crazy thing about it. That trioxin ball. What do you have? 70. 70 what? 70 degrees. Well, what's that? Room temperature. For a second, I want to talk to you. What are you guys saying? What are you guys saying? What are you guys saying? Again, Casey with the dumb shit. It's like, what are we? Scuzz said we're we're not we can't call the cops. The cops are just gonna kick our ass. And Casey's like, we gotta call somebody. And it's like, well, who do you call? Fucking Ghostbusters? Like, like you're gonna tell somebody? Yeah, this tar man literally ate our friend's brains out and he's in the basement right now please come get him now here this scene is really special y'all because this was the first time i had ever seen zombies come back to life but come out of the ground <clears throat> another badass song this soundtrack was off the chain and I love they all ran in different directions. It was like a, it was a good Scooby Doo moment right there. But I, lo I love that shot of them. This, these shots of them coming out of the ground was just. I had never seen anything like that before, and I'm like, wow, they didn't just pop up dead. You see where they came from. Poor trash. They, I feel so bad that they left trash by herself, and she's about to get eaten. And the crazy thing is, like, that was poetry emotion. She got her wish. Because before she started stripping, she said uh, she would want to die by having a bunch of a bunch of men gather around her and start eating her alive. And lo and behold. But clearly they didn't eat. It must have been something they liked about Trash because they didn't eat her alive. She came back fully intact and everything. Even had her leggings on. That's a little fun fact. She actually, when Bill Stout designed her, when he did the artwork for uh, her character, her zombie form, her name was supposed to be Legs, I think, because she had those leggings on. Of all drugs, he said PCP. Hey, 
Zombies hauling ass after Chuck and Casey. I love it. I love that shot. That was also when I first saw, like, these are not your average staggering zombies. For one, they're screaming brains. And they're running. Now, the way these paramedics hear that, you know, he's like, do you hear that? And he says, sounds like people screaming. You know, this is, that's the hood. If we went Philly and somebody's like, do you hear that? Just be like, dog, get in the car, man. Like, this is every day. Don't let it be Kensington. That's, that's zombie land. It's all regular. Like, the return of the living dead is nothing but, uh, an average rainy night in Kensington. Damn. Oof. Sound like they biting in the apples. He's pissed. <sighs> Again, what are the cops going to do? Excuse me, officer. Um, we just saw people come out of the ground. Jumping through windows and shit. It's like, officer, we just saw people come out of the ground. Please send a unit. And if you're an officer, if you're smart enough, you'll just be like, listen, um, I'll send a, you know, we'll send a unit. And then when dispatch hangs up, that's when the dispatcher gets the fuck out of Dodge and just hits uh, the expressway. That's how you handle that. Because I'm trying to tell y'all, man, like, I, <clears throat> I think I said it in my Night of the Living Dead commentary. My ass is gone, man. I'm getting my daughter, I'm getting me and mines, my loved ones, my loved ones, not everyone, and we are getting the fuck out of Dodge, period. No liabilities, no nothing, I am surviving, me and mines will survive. This shit is hilarious. <laughs> this, this dude has no legs, <laughs> this zombie has no legs. But he is <laughs> He's hauling ass After Ernie man That is one of the Listen It's funny now But if I'm intoxicated Or whatever I am in tears Watching that scene I don't know Whose idea it was But that is one of the Funniest parts In this entire movie It's just like A, a, a corpse with no legs Just hauling ass Not work. Not work. 
another this soundtrack man and this song was perfect for this scene the surfing dead i think it was the group called the cramps if i'm not mistaken this entire soundtrack for return of the living dead is is dope and like I said, I'm not a, I gotta be in a mood to listen to certain rock and roll, but this whole soundtrack is dope. And I like how they all didn't know each other. Well, uh, Bert and um, Ernie, which was done on purpose, naming these characters Bert and Ernie, but Sp- Bert and Ernie, Spider and Scuzz, I love that they all work together to board up the, uh, the mortuary. I love the scene. Yeah, this Surfing Dead song. Apparently, you know, y'all can hear me saying the words. I love this song. And in some parts, it seems like they're just smashing windows. Like when the zombies are breaking through, I understand you want to protect, you want to protect the, the area. But they just smashing shit. Like this shot of Scuzz coming up with the axe. Look, he's just he's just smashing shit. Ugh. The zombie just digging in, eating brains. Now, according to Dan O'Bannon, he said that the he he had the actors playing zombies eat real brains, and he said that to to show them. He said that he told them, like, you know, to show you guys, I, I, I wouldn't have you do anything I wouldn't do. He, he said he took a chunk out of, they had, I think they used cow brains, <laughs> excuse me, and he said that he ate brains, and that, that just shows Dan O'Bannon was a team player, man. I love that guy. Rest in peace to him, man. But, because I, I know me personally, I would have been like, listen, um, you guys are going to have to sign a waiver or something if you pass out, throw up, because uh, I'm not eating brains. Like if I was a director or something like that, I, I mean, I would want to be a team player, but I, it's like, listen, you can't have a movie without a director. So if the if I throw up and pass out from eating brains to show y'all, otherwise, what's gonna happen to the movie? Here we get the smallest bit of exposition. There's some chemical that soaked into the soil of the graveyard and made the corpses come back to life. Yeah, what fucking chemical? I love how Spider wanted all answers. <laughs> he wanted every answer. As he should have, though. Be like, who gave you that, that barrel of trioxin? What's his badge number? What extension? I want, yeah, I want all answers. So the Frank there. What did he do to you, Frank? I'm freezing. My muscles are stiffening up. Stiffening up. Stiffening up now, Freddy. First, I got a really fucked headache. No, you know what this is? This was my first experience with uh, Everclear, drinking Everclear straight. It's like my muscles are stiffening up. I got a really fucked headache. This was, yeah, me screaming like that, getting off the couch. What are you doing, Harry? Oh, 
Anybody out there listening, uh, drinking Everclear straight is the equivalent of rigor mortis. Instant rigor mortis. Oh, no, not instant. Uh, the day. Well, yeah, instant. And the day after is like rigor mortis times 10. Looks like rigor mortis is setting in. Spider was a rider though, man. He was he was pulling Ernie off of Scuzz. Now one of these paramedics they're looking at now is about to get the shit tackled out of him. I wonder if he was alright. Hmm. He got his ass tackled. I hope it was a stunt man that that happened to. Scuzz. <laughs> That's a lot of fucking blood. That bite mark they designed on Scuzz's head. <clears throat> That's vicious. I always hated this piece of shit half corpse lady that, uh, you know, I hated her because I mean, she gave up some information. She was a little in, a zombie informant, but she killed Scuzz. And she's not even half the woman she used to be. That was a poor joke. I'm sorry, y'all. I had to. Because she literally is a... Anybody that's seen the movie, she, they know she literally is a half-corpse. And I said she... You get the idea. I'm old now, y'all. I tell daddy jokes, alright? I know it wasn't funny. And she really is like a zombie informant. Because she, uh, she gives up some decent info. Spider was not playing around. You can hear me. Yes. Why do you eat people? My people. Brains. Brains only. Yeah. Why? The pain. What about the pain? The pain of being dead. Hurts to be dead. I can feel myself rot. Eating brains. 
does that make you feel? It makes the pain go away. Crazy. Hey, look, man. Fuck this. <laughs> I mean, anybody out there listening, it's like, so do you sympathize with the undead in this movie? Because, you know, it's not their fault that they came back to life and they eat brains because they're, you know, it, it hurts for them to be dead. Now you gotta think they've had however they you gotta think about however they died you gotta think about organs removed whatever um embalming fluid setting in and rigor mortis and all that type of stuff that's a uh, that's deep man that's deep it takes you into a different level of the movie when you actually think about it now here we got the resurrection of trash out of the dirt and Linnea quickly really got in that dirt and crawled out of that muddy hole ass naked as a zombie <clears throat> now unless she regenerated the zombies just liked her enough to bury her ass alive they said listen we like you so we want you to you gonna be one of us and that's one thing about this movie bites didn't turn people into zombies suicide didn't turn scuzz didn't turn you know what I mean this homeless guy thinks he's about to get lucky Even from a distance, I don't understand how he thought that was a attractive naked woman. She's completely white, like not, I'm not even being racist. Like she's completely pale. Like she looks like she's been dead for centuries. And her face looked like a demon. Like even in uh, even in um, the fog. You know, as the fog was passing by her face, you could see she looked like a demon. She said she never did like him. Oh, but God hold me tight. I'd have been like, oh, now you, now you on the D, huh? When we about to die. But they, it really would have been a better scene if they would have had sex. Like if they thought that, if she finally thought that. I mean, wait, is well, is that considered a pity fuck though? Or is that more so? We're about to die. It's the end of the world. Zombie apocalypse. Let's fuck. Somebody out there, let me know. They got the answer to that question. I get it though, uh, quarantine, man. For everyone's safety, I get it.
And shout out to Tina, man, because she stood by her man. That man was already dead. He died twice. He was already dead, and then he turns into a zombie, and she stuck by that man. They don't make him like Tina no more. That's for damn sure. Two dipshit cops. The zombies got more, uh, more delivery. Or is it DiGiorno? He actually looks like, uh, this cop right here looks like, um, the guy that played Richie from It, the miniseries. The adult Richie. He looks like the adult Richie. I love that that cop, when he was falling down, getting uh, pummeled by zombies, he tried to grab his hat when it flipped off his head. That's creepy, though. The, the zombies are on the, the radio saying, send more cops. Apparently, my cat jumped up here and wants to watch the rest of this movie with me. He'll probably dip off in a couple seconds or so. My cat people actually uh, is a horror movie buff too, ever since he was a kitten. He's real. He's literally sitting on top of this table watching this movie with me. He checked and came right back. And Freddie didn't waste any time when he turned either. He went straight in for the kill. This goes to show you, ladies, you, you, you stick by a man like that, even in death, and sometimes it, you realize you made the wrong decision. I mean, at least at heart, you know, he wants you for your brains. It's not just about your body. I love that the back of Freddy's jacket says fuck you on it in cursive. I love it stitched in there like that. I actually wouldn't mind that jacket. Just not in that color. See, that's what I was talking about. Spider's really protective over Tina. He just carried her out. But now he's having a meltdown. About to get slapped. Mm -hmm. And Miguel Nunez said in a um, in the documentary that he didn't know Don was gonna slap him twice. 
he didn't know Don Kaufman was going to slap him that hard. But it makes for I love listening to the stories of the the beautiful um, mistakes, like the accidents that are on set for movies in general, because it makes for the best material a lot of the times. Lots of improv, lots of mistakes, lots of accidents. It makes for really good stuff. Mm. <laughs> Ernie broke his foot. He broke his I've had a sprained ankle to try to walk on, so I can only imagine a broken foot in a zombie apocalypse. Here we go with the um the escape scene. It's very uh Night of the Living Deadish. Making a run for the car. Now there's something Spider says when they actually do get in the car that I absolutely love about his character. It's real shit. That's a true friend right there. He said, "Watch your ass out there." That's all he. That's all he wanted him to do for helping him out. It came out swinging, man. I love it. A lead pipe and a sledgehammer. That's how you do it. Now, what pissed me off is they didn't have enough time to get to the door and for everybody else to escape. So they had to leave them. Right there, he said, "We can't just leave him." And Bert said, "They would have turned the car over. We'll send help." And Spider's like, "Bullshit! Though, like those are my friends back there." <laughs> I love that shot. But here we got a little, uh, we got a little error. You can see the cameraman. You can see the cameraman with the camera blinking in the passenger seat as the car backed up. Little movie mistakes, man. <clears throat> but I love that Spider. Uh, he he said, you know, we can't leave him. Those are my friends back there, and he called Bert a coward. Well, you know what? I guess it's a good thing Chuck and Casey didn't fuck in the warehouse. 
um, because had they would've been fucking, they wouldn't have got to the door in time to let uh, Bert and Spider in. So it all makes sense in the end. This was actually pretty smart. I mean, I would have took the ladder up with me. Uh, uh, Ernie and Tina are crawling up into the crawl space in the ceiling. Now, I would have definitely took the ladder up with me. It's another dope ass song, Burn the Flames. And it makes for a really sad scene because um, Frank takes his wedding ring off kisses it and puts it on the switch for the crematorium he just can't deal with it hmm. which in some ways I hate to say I can understand because you, you're, you're dead like you're a zombie you don't want to live like that but that is a painful death just, he, he just slow cooked himself Frank. Now this when they send this uh this motorcade in and they just get jumped on the zombies really ambush the whole cavalry. And they out there grubbing the all you can eat buffet. That voice that's supposed to be coming from the helicopter is actually Dan O'Bannon himself. It sounds like the shit's really hitting the fan out there. Man, we gotta let him know we're in here. Better believe it. Hey, hey mister. Mister, 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 don't, don't go. go in there. See, there's a thing in there and it ripped out the phone. Another phone in the basement. The basement? You know what's in the basement? What do you mean? One of those fucking corpses, man. A real ugly one all black and slimy. <laughs> I don't give a shit what's in the basement. We gotta get to that phone, man. Blinding us seems to work okay, doesn't it? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Open the door. You look like this goddamn block. What's wrong? You locked me up. I had to hurt myself to get out. But I forgive you, darling. And I know you're here. I said I can smell your brains. they would have showed that him breaking his hand completely off when he's trying to open up that door oh I hate that sound Bert about to go swing bat a bat on Tar Man right now about to send that head flying 
And I love that the head hit um, Casey right on her knee and left a tar mark on her knee. That shit's disgusting. Damn, I don't even know if I gave a rest in peace shout out to Mark Venturini, man. I, I probably did. I can't remember, but he was also. And it's funny because him and Miguel Nunez were both in Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning. Miguel played um, Demon and Mark Venturini played Vic. This was a great scene too. This go this was really like displaying the effect of everything and the zombies couldn't be stopped. They were running through um barricades and they were eating everything moving. They were just swarming people. <laughs> He's serious. Oh my god, the the way these zombies are just running towards these dudes, man. They would have been like, where Rome at? I'd have been in one of those police cars driving off. And I love that now that Trash is a zombie, she's just running with the crew. Like she got a she got a new crew and she's eating people with the zombies now. Now, what Bert is about to do is what you never want to do in a zombie apocalypse. Because not only is the military responsible for fucking up whatever transportation orders they had, they're pissed. That colonel is pissed that those trioxin barrels went missing. So to find out where they are and what happened, this is so accurate with the military the army, the government, what they would do in a situation like this. They did something similar in Alien vs. Predator Requiem where they called for help. They called the, the military government for help and this same exact thing happened. His wife looks like she could have been in Creep Show or something like that. I don't know. Oh, you did. And what effect did that have? And he looks like um, if they remade it, I would cast Ed Harris to play uh, Colonel Glover. I think the actor's name is Jonathan Terry. He was also in Return of Living Dead too. He plays the same Colonel, but he's only in. Um, He's only in two scenes. When the trioxin barrels pop up again and he, you know, he looks at him, he's like, Jesus Christ, not again. And when the little boy Jesse, um, when he calls the military to report what happened, Glover answers the phone before the lines, before the power lines go down. So he is in uh, part 
part two. It would have been awesome if he was in part three. One thing I respect about part three, and I'll probably do commentary on that too eventually. They really dove deep into the military uh, aspects of what this series was, um, what the idea of it was kind of built on. I respect, I got so much respect for part three. Plus they took, they took the comedy uh, way out of it, injected way more horror. Which I, I, I could respect that too. Because it has unintentional funny moments because of that. But this will always, this will always be the baby though. Now here we about to get this dude. I swear to God, this dude that's about to answer this phone has been sitting here for two days straight, and he finally got a phone call. Listen to this guy's energy, y'all. Sergeant Jefferson, forty-second Special Mobile Artillery. Yes, sir. Good morning to you too, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, sir. Whatever you say, sir. The call numbers, please, sir. Archimedes. Hot dog. Ruba. Niner. Zero. Niner. Gotcha, sir. <laughs> Yo, this dude cracks me up every fucking time. It seems like he didn't have shit to do his entire shift, but he got that call. Hot dog, sir. Good morning, sir. Free Bob. But this is exactly what the fuck will happen. They will call that strike in, man, and just get rid of the problem. I love that shot of the zombies looking up in the sky. Damn. I'm trying to tell you people that's what they will do. They will call in that strike. And I love that this shockwave blew the shingles, blew the shingles off of these off of these roofs. Very close to optimal placement. Well, sir, only 20 square blocks destroyed. Less than 4,000 dead, General. That's exactly what they would do, people. Now, supposedly what had happened was they 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 called in the strike. They blew up the entire area where the zombies were at. So basically everybody's dead now. The survivors and nobody's nobody's alive. But what they what that did was it, apparently what they're saying, it caused everything to happen again. So all the zombies are burnt up now due to the strike. And, you know, it went back up. The trioxin went back up into the sky and caused it all over again. Which is a fucked up scenario if you think about it. It's like we did all that for it to happen again. And then we get the montage at the end, people. We made it. Well, they didn't. But we made it. I did. Anybody out there listening, we all made it. But, um... This will always be one of the goats man because you know people can say whatever they want about there's so many memes and so many spoofs and cartoons uh people talk about zombies only eat, zombies eat brains but they never go back to the they never go back to the template for that which is this people could talk about uh you know when they talk about running zombies they they for some reason now a lot of people say dawn of the dead and they don't even reference george a romero's dawn of the dead they reference Zack snyder's 
or they say uh, 28 days later, World War Z, but they forget these are the first running zombies, man. First talking zombies, first intelligent zombies. First brain craving zombies, man. But overall, man, this is this is definitely one of the greatest movies ever made, man. Like I said, rest in peace again. Shout out to Dan O'Bannon for creating such a wild ride, man. And for this to come out in 85, it was good for the time because you had a lot of party time type of hard comedy type of movies like this was the zombie uh, movie for the 80s for me. The demon movie was Night of the Demons, as far as fun goes. And the vampire movie was The Lost Boys. You know, like the ones that incorporated rock and roll. And funny thing is, uh, the common denominator in Night of the Demons and Return of the Living Dead is Linnea Quigley. And she showed her tits in that movie, too. She got naked in that. But again, people. Another episode in the can of Tudor Reviews. I appreciate y'all, man. Like I said, I'll do... Um, I got a dig for Return of Living Dead 2. I do know that I have the third one off... You know, off the top of my head, I know I have that for sure. So I'll probably do some commentary on Return of Living Dead 3. Make everything come full circle. 4 and 5, I'm staying away from. And if anybody ever was to request it, I, I can't. I can't do it, man. I really can't because four and five really could have been something and they weren't. But like I said, I'll look for two and I'll for sure do commentary for three. That'll be coming before two. So hopefully y'all tune into that too, man.